you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, Ontario. This is the Kingston Curator and I'm your host, Chris. In this episode, we have an interview with drag artists Tiffany Morgan, Hilary Yass, and Selena Vile. If you are a regular CFRC listener, you'll be familiar with Tiffany's show, Breakfast with Tiffany, which airs every Thursday morning, so it's definitely a treat to have more of her on our airwaves. But enough of me, I'll let Tiffany, Hillary, and Selena tell you all about themselves and what they do. Would you all like to introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Miss Tiffany Morgan, drag queen, gardener extraordinaire, and uh, also a CFRC uh, program here at Breakfast with Tiffany. Mm-hmm. I'm Hillary Ass, former Constonian, still consider myself kind of a townie, but I live in Toronto. I'm a comedian, and uh, I'm a TV star. I'm going to be on Camp Wanakiki on Out TV. Work, baby! And I'm Selena Vile. I am Canada's only Canadian Comedy Award-winning bearded Lebanese-Mexican queen of representation in cabaret. Lovely. Okay, all <laughs> show-stopping, amazing intros. So where did you all get your starts in drag? I started in uh, March of 2000 when we used to have a gay club in town here with uh, uh, with uh, uh, many, many fabulous performers, uh, drag queens as well. So uh, I was going uh, first year university, going out to the gay club and Jazz Morgan reached out to me. She's like, okay, when were you going to put you in makeup for the first time? I'm like, okay, let's do it this March sort of thing. So borrowed, you know, wig, hair, shoes and everything like that. And uh, and funny enough, that that's, uh, that's where my name came from. So she was doing my makeup for the first time. She wouldn't let me look in the mirror uh, while she was doing the makeup and I'm wearing this borrowed wig from one of my drag sisters uh and she turned me around into the mirror and i'm like oh my gosh i'm tiffany from the 80s (laughs) i think we're alone now classic (laughs) classic that's where tiffany uh came from as well so that was uh the year 2000 and yeah so there's been some highs some lows since then (laughs) (laughs) but this is definitely a high right now let me tell you Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was it my turn? Uh, so, I don't know. I'm Hillary. Uh, I got my start, I guess, back in theater school uh, when I kind of came up with my character. I used to be called Ra-Ra uh, after Lady Gaga, like, born of a nonsense lyric, Ra-Ra-Ra-Mama. Um, and then I kind of, like, lost track, and then I was reborn as Hillary Ass um, probably about seven years ago now. And I kind of just got threw myself straight into comedy and drag, and just like, I mean, living up to the the name Hillary Yass, which is a pun on hilarious, is kind of my goal. I mm-hmm. I live for comedy, everything funny, and that's what I do. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I started out in musical theater, and then after that, doing a sketch and improv comedy. And through that, I did, like, a couple, like, drag characters, but, like, never fully went into drag. And it wasn't until 2016 I did a show at Comedy Bar in Toronto where comedians dressed up in drag for the first time. Like, officially, Hillary was there. She put me, she helped me get myself ready. Yes, I did. And the person who hosted that show was a longstanding drag comedian, stand-up comedian called Vicky Licks. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she saw me performing, she already knew me as a comedian. But when she saw me in drag, she was like, you're my drag daughter now. You are now an official drag queen. This is happening. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. That's not the career for me. And it took her almost a year to convince me to actually pursue it. 
And I'm so glad I did, because now we're here five years later, and I'm still going. Yeah, and Selena and I work together all the time yeah. under, like, that House of Licks banner. You know, we, mm-hmm. we kind of adopt these drag families, you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, it's kind of like our band, except the drag queens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so our mother is Vicky Licks, and then I guess Tiffany's is Jazz Morgan. The Morgans. Um, the Morgan yeah. clan, yes. And I kind of took... A, so an old tradition of uh, drag is that you take the the last name of the your drag mother, the the mentor who puts you in drag for the first time. At least no, neither, none of we us didn't did want to be no. licks. We didn't want to be licks people. Yeah. <laughs> she, she tried to get us to do licks, but I'd be Hillary Licks, and you were going to be something like I might have been Amanda Nikki Spitz licks. or something. Oh, Christy Spitz. Christy Spitz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't work. Didn't work out. Yeah, no. <laughs> Morgan is a much more uh, universal name. It's yeah. much more like people can take it. Yeah. <laughs> Different, yeah, than the saliva-centered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It looks better on a marquee. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Right out, right out. <laughs> this could be a painful memory or perhaps a fond Ooh, one, but that. what was deep. the first outfit you wore? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I know mine definitely came from Value Village. Mm-hmm. It was uh-huh. definitely, I went to Value Village and I picked myself up just whatever I could fit in. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my, my yeah, yeah, you got a Value Village thing. That yeah. when you were a Blue Barrymore, remember? Yeah, yeah. That was I think your first drag name. And then Malono Colonic and then Selena Vile. And then Selena Vile, yeah. Um and then <laughs> uh I think mine originally was Value Village, but when I became Hillary Yass, I think my original costume, it was for like a burlesque show. I did this show called The Trash Bash, and so I actually made my first costume out of newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. cost yes. efficient. Yeah, I just like used tape and newspaper. It was ridiculous. It no was destroyed. It was <laughs> no, de- no tape. Tape. <laughs> I'm not even a hot glue gun queen. I'm a scotch <laughs> tape queen. It's that bad. Um, <laughs> but it was destroyed after one one uh, one of night. Of course. So. That's paper you know outfits you do not last. <laughs> yeah, be warned. My, yeah, my first half, it, like I said, it was borrowed. I was in university in uh, residence, so I went to the the Scottish Exchange student girl who was like my Aww. size, and Aww. she's like, she's like, oh, absolutely, absolutely, you little tart. Oh yes, there we go. <laughs> um, and it was like this uh, this pants that was like a like a tie on sort of pant. I don't know whatever it was, but but. I don't remember too much. I do remember I ruined the shoes forever for her, so she gave them to me. (laughs) But I do really remember um, we would go together because, like, 2000 we're talking about. This is before RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we would go, as queens, we would go in groups, kind of, uh, to go shopping and definitely went to Phase Mm -hmm. Mm 2, which was very welcoming of us and stuff like that. So I think one of the first outfits I ever bought, which was like all the rage that that it was definitely some sort of velvet dress <laughs> sort of thing. Ooh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they can dry queen, uh, dry, dry queen, dry clean only. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I still, I, I don't throw anything out either. It's probably still in my closet. Yeah, the other day somebody was saying, oh, I love your new dress, Tiffany. And you're like, no, that was just on rotation from 12 years ago. (laughs) You just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I said five years ago, but... (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm down 12 years. It's eco-friendly, no waste. Exactly. We're just going through the list of firsts here, pretty much. What was your first performance? Mine was a mix. I did a ultra feminist mix where I took clips from Madonna on Dateline defending 
her very sexual music videos to justify my love and uh, mixed it with Beyonce talking about writing partition and uh, and throwing in like Britney Spears work bitch in there and Destiny's Child Nasty Girls. Uh, yeah, so it was, a, it, was a, it was a mix promoting feminism and female sexuality. That's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Tiffany, do you have a first performance? Uh, yes, it was called The Creation of the Earth. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, on yeah. the first day. On the first day, <laughs> Tiffany was born. Uh, I feel that old sometimes. Uh, no, I did, um, I did, <laughs> I think it was like a Peter Rohoffer remix. I, I was really into the club music back then. So it was uh, Adana Summer, um, uh, Conte Patrio but like as a, as a dance mix sort of thing. And uh, that was the first show in Club 477. It was in the in the back room. Everyone was seated and stuff. And I did the performance. And then uh, I got a standing ovation. I don't know if it's because it's the first, you know, your first show sort of thing. But anyway, once I had a standing ovation, I was like, that hooked. Oh, that'll, hooked. that's the bug that'll bite you. Yeah. 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 So, and 22, 22, 22, 22 years mm-hmm. later. Hillary, what about you? Uh, I think, honestly, my first drag performance was, like I said, in, uh, I don't know if I said this, uh, uh, but in theater school, where kind of where I came up with my character, original Ra Ra, Ra Ra, uh, kind of, and it was like Lady Gaga, Born This Way, Bad Romance had just come out, and I was obsessed with her, so I wanted to come up with this solo show that was based on this character, and so... I had to make a solo show and I made a whole performance just like as this drag character and then I took it to the fringe afterwards and um, that was kind of the whole performance. So like my first though official drag performance was actually in Ottawa. Oh, I'm at, in Ottawa. Like the Flamingo or the Lookout or something like that. Oh. I just convinced the bar owner. I was like, I'm at the Fringe Festival. Maybe <laughs> I can come to your bar. And it was like, oh, they're like, fine. And I did like a five o'clock slot and then I got pancakes after. It was horrible. <laughs> and I quit drag for two years after that, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Otto will do that Trauma. to you. Drama. Drama. <laughs> you guys were talking a bit before you came on about this, and this is famously a visual medium, so would you like to describe your signature move? Do you have one? Ooh. <laughs> well, Tiffany was just talking about her signature move. Tell us. Well, tell the us. there's a couple of signature moves, but... <laughs> One of them is uh, spinning, spinning. If I ever see Beyonce or Janet Jackson doing that, I know they stole the move from me, but I just spin around. <laughs> With your arms. You use your arms. Like your arms uh, well, I use my arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, sometimes, we sometimes use the arms and kind of do like a little corkscrew kind of move there too. That's, that's uh, another signature move too. But yeah, doing a little spin sort of thing and then... Uh, not remembering where I was. <laughs> right. So I think Selena would agree with me that I'm a bit of a character actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always put on a character. So I often have that kind of thing. Like I just did this old lady for your show. I loved um, it. I loved it. <laughs> like I came in, I was like, hey, turn down the music. Uh, and people found it quite funny. But I think my signature move is actually my signature walk. Because I kind of have my hands up by my side like a little fairy. And just the way I saunter down the street. It's not like a strut. It's just like a... <laughs> I don't know. Just the sound describes it. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I like it. I love it. Huh. That's my move. You That's know, a great move. I you love know, my, you know my walk. My I, walk oh, is, I know your walk. My walk is my walk. It's legendary. People talk about your walk everywhere you go. <laughs> Selena. I don't know if I have a Do I have a signature move? Well, you're a great mover. 
I'm like, I'm, I, I think I just go on autopilot and I just like, it's like pulling the string and then just let me go. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that I like to do lately is um, run into the splits, like do a little running head start and then slide into the splits mm -hmm. and then act like I'm stuck there. Because usually I am. Like, I'm in my 40s. Like, I shouldn't act be doing like. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of like, instead of just getting out of it, like actually physically with my hands bending my leg because it won't do it on its own. <laughs> I'm like stuck in that position. So, I, you know, I give like a little impressive split into like some comedy like, oh, look at me. I'm old and my body's broken. Yeah. yeah. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote comedy. It's just like aging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quite a few of the programs I do, I'm like, I'm like, if you see me do a death drop, Please call the ambulance. Yeah, please. It's an actual like <laughs> SOS moment. Yeah, at that word, moment. word to all the young queens out there. I know you think you can do death drops forever. Eventually, no, you will just drop dead. Also, like. most of you don't look good doing them, so stop doing them. <laughs> Speak your truth. Oh, <laughs> I mean, speaking of the baby queens, do you have any advice for people just starting drag? Well, I think actually we talk about this a lot on our podcast. We're talking a lot about Canada's drag race right now because mm -hmm. uh, we know so many of the girls on it, obviously. Like, it's obnoxious. 50% um, Toronto queens. All of yeah. them. Oh, but, um, and also, even I'm on a show, uh, Camp Wanakiki on FTV, coming up uh, very soon. Way to plug yourself. Go right ahead. I'm going to do it. Smooth, I'm going to do it. Smooth. Watch it. Now you have someone to root for uh, on FTV, Camp Wanakiki, season four. So I have a little bit of experience with this, like, reality drag situation getting eliminated. Like, we're all trying to throw ourselves on these elimination shows these days for fame or whatever. Um, and the thing is, I have to tell you, if you're a new queen and that's why you want to do drag to get on one of these TV shows, stop. Mm -hmm. Like, it is not what you think it is. It is a TV show. Mm -hmm. It is long hours. You will not get what you think out of it necessarily. You need to put in the hours, the work. You have to be talented. You have to know what you want. You have to have an opinion. Don't just think that you can wake up one day and become some sort of star. Like, put in the hours. Overnight stars are born over 40 years of experience mm. and talent and training. So do that, okay? And that's the thing you have to put in the work. Like, a lot of people who are starting out drag right now are like, I can do that. I can do that better than the person I'm watching on stage right now. No. And, <laughs> no, and like, but the thing is, we all had to pay our dues. Like, yeah. you have to do open stages for a long time. You have to be okay with not getting paid to do drag for a long time because... A, nobody knows who you are. You're still building who you. You're still building who you are as a drag character. Um, I would also say take makeup lessons from people in your community. Like learn if you're not like a makeup artist already. A lot of new people are, but like if you're not, learn from the people in your community. Uh, approach people, ask them for tips. And another thing is stay humble and don't have an ego and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and respect the people who've been doing it in in your community. Tiffany, I mean, like, when you were coming up, especially, there weren't so many, like, YouTube tutorials and oh, things no. like that. You would have to just pick up the tricks from anyone around, right? Like, <laughs> yes, you just pick up like, the tricks from Excuse, <laughs> excuse me, ma'am. You have lipstick on. Please tell me how to apply. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. When I started drag, it was pre-YouTube. Yeah. I think YouTube mm -hmm. was, it what, was, like, yeah. 2003 or something like yeah. that. I think it was, like, six, even. Like, it was, it was pretty late. Maybe six, yeah. 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 Maybe four. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not making things up. Go ahead. It was definitely before uh, Drag Race and everything, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely come from a, a different kind of culture of that because it was, like we said, it was kind of like a mentorship. You learn your craft that way. 
Um, what I would say for any of the uh, the new artists out there is is a couple of things. One, hey, we have an open stage drag show every mm-hmm. uh, the first Wednesday of every month at the Grad Club, and if you want to try out doing drag in front of an audience, that's a really great safe space to do that. Um, but two, I would say like try to. Just try to find what your voice is. Because mm-hmm. quite often, a lot of people try to emulate others. Mm-hmm. Especially without... ones that they've seen on TV. On yeah. TV, yeah. yeah. And like, try to find your voice. One of the things that kind of blew my mind in the last year, because I introduced myself as Drag Queen Gardener, I mm. never really thought that I could take multiple things in my life and put them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought I could put gardening with drag or drag with gardening. And it took someone who's like 25 over in the UK who was like, I'm the drag queen gardener. And I'm like, mind blown. So so you stole their thing. Is what you, you stole you know, from a 25-year-old. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She, she opened my mind up to the possibilities out there. So if you love cooking and you want to try doing drag, hey, we, we need a, a, few, <laughs> a few cooking yeah. chefs, drag queens, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, or drag artists, I should be saying, because drag is, is multi um, uh, gendered sort of thing out there. So mm-hmm. drag artists, sure. yeah. Definitely. And you just got into how you're combining gardening with drag and stuff. And anyone who listens to Breakfast with Tiffany knows you always give the gardening updates. And then, Hillary, you were also on Breakfast with Tiffany, right? I've been, yes, yeah, uh-huh. several times, yeah. And Celine, have you yet? I was never invited. Never invited. Um, we no, just waiting. became friends. On- <laughs> I literally just met Tiffany yesterday. <laughs> yeah. We oh. just became friends on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Selena, and Selena came to my show at the Fringe Festival. I don't think we've mentioned that, uh, but it's it's going to be over before this airs. Anyway, that's why I was in town. Um, but yeah. Selena came to see my show, and so guess what? I, I got to bring my family to meet my other family, you know? Aww. So it's, like, really cool to see meetings of worlds, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I love it. <laughs> And we didn't kill each other, so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Was, there was no battle. For no, we only talk about each other behind our backs, not to our faces. <laughs> How'd you get started at CFRC? What made you do want to do a radio show? Oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. I started off. Uh, there was a previous program years ago. Uh, <laughs> what was it? called gender bender or something like that i don't know yeah um yeah (laughs) with jesse jazz and yeah we would be uh, recording it in the studio next door and everything like that so and then um uh, so breakfast with tiffany started off as as a podcast i was the first podcasting drag queen of canada Ooh, Um, legend i know like we could fit all the podcasters in one room at that point (laughs) in canada and uh but during the uh, lockdowns um, I reinitiated Breakfast with Tiffany on uh, doing it live on my social medias, which was a really fun kind of aspect. And then CFRC reached out to me because, because um, hey, we're in lockdown. Not many people would have a, a microphone in studio at their house. Right. <laughs> right. So, and that's how Breakfast with Tiffany got back onto, uh, onto CFRC. So this is... The first time I've been in the studio in like maybe ten years, I don't know, eight years, I don't know, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's great. It looks great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be done. During the pandemic, I mean, it was very challenging for all live performers. But what did you do to work around that? Ooh, great question. I actually, you know what I did? Oh. I submitted to the fringe to the fringe festival that was digital at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up for that. I wrote and produced a visual album. I wrote nine original songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I collaborated with a composer and a videographer and the composer worked from their own home and like just sent me tracks mm -hmm. and mixed all my songs for me at home. Like everything was done on a budget of zero. And I had a friend who helped me just shoot like one take videos for every one of the songs and we release it as a visual album for the Toronto Fringe Festival, which was digital last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did that. I did something similar, except I did everything myself because I'm more talented than you are. It's true, she is. It's not even a read, it's actually true. I can only do one thing, which is just be great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're better than me. Everyone likes you more. I'm a terrible person. Um, no, I, I mean, I lost my job. It like went poof. Um, so I kind of just threw myself into learning this new landscape, uh, and I started just, I really wanted to start creating video content, so I actually started creating little skits, and some people started to like them. I created this whole series called Catching Up with the Covids, which is like a parody of the Honeymooners, and I was both the, 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 the husband and the wife. And then eventually somebody really liked it, and it got submitted to a film festival, and I won an award, and like, it was just weird. And I ended up on uh, Camp Wanakiki and uh, all this kind of crazy stuff, you know? Like, just it just really reset what I was doing with my life. Like, my job has not come back. Like, currently I'm just doing drag full time. Like, I don't know what my life is anymore. Like, it's, <laughs> it's definitely like the other side of the mountain right now. I'm like, okay, where is this? So, mm -hmm. just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, during during like lockdown and stuff, uh, I was trying to trying to find my voice too, sort of thing, and uh, and yeah, I was doing some uh, online shows. I, you've been to Sweet Pea Studios, as I call it, my living room. <laughs> it's Sweet Pea Studios, yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> Hillary's like, I either decide it's a living room or <laughs> or, or, or a studio. studio. One or the other, because both are not working. She, but... she showed me her kumatos, <laughs> and that's not what you think it is. It's not a cucumber tomato? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was doing a lot of uh, live video uh, sort of stuff, and uh, of course making all those mistakes where, uh, you know, you do live and, and you're uh, lip syncing to someone else's music, and then you get, you know... Um, shut down because of that mm. so it was it was definitely like a lot of i don't know if i figured it out by the end or not um uh, of lockdown but i did enjoy what i did a couple of uh, programs where a drag artist like a dra digital drag show would send in some videos you yes. sent in a video yes um uh which i just love <laughs> uh it was yeah. the song part-time everything which Part is yeah. which is kind of what my show at right now that I'm doing is part of, it's called Part-Time Everything. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fun? It's fun. Isn't it's fun? total Isn't full circle. It's a full circle full moment. Circle. Wow. But yeah, we started. You're I not part of this full circle, Selena. Get I'm out. sitting over here on the side. Don't you? I don't want to be part of this. It smells over there. We, we also, uh, I also started another podcast too called uh, What's the Maple Tea with my friend Rowena Way, aka mm -hmm. the Queen of Weed. Yeah, she's on a beer can and she's, it's good beer Ooh, yeah nice. she's the first drag queen on a beer yeah she That's is the cool queen of in canada um maybe the then, world who knows and then like lemon got a beer after like a month after but her beer's not very good don't tell her <laughs> <laughs> and it's She'll also very listening to this it's also She'll, very she's a little sour it's a limited stock as well because uh, queen of weed is going to be going on in perpetuity oh there <laughs> we go number one seller of spearhead brewery mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure pandemic shaped this, and then you guys were also talking about how like 
all the reality TV shows have sort mm-hmm. of impacted this. But how do you find the drag landscape, especially in Kingston, has sort of changed over the time that you've been involved? Oh, I mean, that's definitely a question for Tiffany. But I will say, um, when I was growing up in Kingston, <laughs> it was not what it was today. Like, we, like people will allow us th- to do drag. Like, mm-hmm. there was nowhere to do drag. I mean, I remember Shea Fufu's or, like, you know, uh, the gay bar in Kingston was constantly closing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we kind of had a gay space at the grad club or, like, the Joy Supper Club. Like, all these places are gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's actually kind of become embraced. And people actually want to see it, which is a crazy town moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's de- it's yeah. definitely it's definitely crazy town because uh, I may have mentioned that I've been doing this for twenty two years. <laughs> once or twice, just once or twice, once or twice. I'm also in McLean's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I've talked about this with other interviewers and and that has been the biggest change is the is the spaces where we can do drag sort of thing because it was very limited back in the day. Super it was it was it was yeah. the gay clubs, it was the grad clubs sort of thing. Uh, you'd reach out uh, to some space and you're like, well, can we do like a show there or something like that? And a yeah, lot of the, no. uh, yeah, a, a lot of mm-hmm. it was no. Cause they're like, well, we don't want to be seen as being like a gay bar or something like that. Cause right. then, you know, no one will come to us or sort of, mm-hmm. so that was kind of the climate like in the early two thousands. Now, now we're getting actual venues calling us mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of thing. And they're like, Oh, can you come and do a drag show here? Because Hey, uh, people come out to them too. Like, like I, I, the audience is so. Before, like in like let's say two thousand, the audience was predominantly a gay audience. Yeah. But now we're getting like all spectrum sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And the, and I hate to say, well, not hate to say it. It's that's too strong of a word. But a <laughs> lot of them they got their inkling of drag from Drag Race on, that's on right. Netflix. And that's the thing. It's, it's not yeah. even just the fact that Netflix, the fact that Drag Race exists, it's the fact that it premiered on Netflix at some yeah. point. And that During even Canada. took, as, yeah, it was, it was, it was, they were, they were slow to catch on to it. And so once they did, then things really exploded for everywhere, across the world, I would say, drag is now way more accessible than what it was before and bars are now filling up and wanting drag and uh straight spaces are more welcoming of us now and people are able to have full-fledged careers now in the local scene mm-hmm. yeah so we're gonna fill the room with negativity right now That's I'm gonna okay. ask you, who, who do you want to talk about <laughs> oh, <laughs> who are we talking about <laughs> i'm gonna ask you your hot take anything drag related just your spiciest take Okay. That's so not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, I'm just going to reach in my solo show here. I think Charlize Theron needs to stop playing fat, ugly people. Um, you know, ugly people, we get a hard a hard enough time as it is. We, we have a hard time getting pretty. Let's face it, okay? No, we need... We need, like, if Charlize Theron keeps getting all these bars, we might as well just get rid of Paul Giamatti. Like, I'm going to kill him. Like, like goodbye, Meryl Streep. Uh, Kathy Bates, I'm going to put you out of her misery. James Gandolfini, I mean, somebody already beat me to it. Anyways, Charlize Theron, she can go screw herself. And that's goodbye. your drag hot take? That's your drag that hot take? That is my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on the drag scene. That's on, on the, the drag, drag scene. scene. It affects us all, Charlize. <laughs> uh, so 
hopefully I'm getting what the question is here. But there, there's a few things about drag that, uh, well, the culture of drag, I should say, mm-hmm. that um, which is being driven by the reality TV shows, that you have to have all this padding, you have to have uh, the proper makeup techniques, you have to have the the lace front wigs and all that kind of stuff. And, and it, hey, drag is anything that you want it to be. And I, I and challenge others to just, you know, challenge that those notions sort of thing. If you want to do that, go right ahead. That Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's also some makeup techniques that I'm like, you got to do. You got to do if you're doing live drag, like on a stage. There's theatrical makeup, mm-hmm. right? There's the theater. And I can't stand a drag queen with a nude lip. <laughs> oh really i can't st- i'm like nude lips i cannot stand i'm like put on some dark lipstick so and i can see the difference between your lips and your teeth when you're lip syncing oh, i had no idea that you hated me so <laughs> <laughs> you had a dark liner so it's i do a dark liner <laughs> i just love I'm a nice, nice coral but... anyways <laughs> My drag hot take is not enough nude lipstick <laughs> and not enough Charlize Theron. Um, or I might say there's maybe a little too much. And I'm speaking specifically of the Toronto market, specifically the Church Street, where it's like the mainstream drag market, is too much pandering to what the audience wants mm-hmm. to see as opposed to what you want to be performing. Because there is definitely a culture there where it's marathon drag. You're just go, 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 number after number after number after number. You're working way too hard for too little money. And the audience doesn't want to watch it unless they know they can lip sync along to or sing along to the song that you're lip syncing to. Um, And I'm not that type of performer. And I really respect more so originality and point of view and people who are performing songs that mean something to them or telling a story that means something to them and doing something that maybe isn't necessarily a lip sync, doing a live thing, um, whether it be comedy or singing or whatever their talent is. Um, but I want to see more people with their own individual, unique perspective and voice. That's what I want to see more of. Mm-hmm. And then I feel a little bad for terrorizing the vibes. So no, we're going to shift to positive and we're going to yes. say, what's your favorite thing about drag? Charlize Theron. (laughs) (laughs) I love, love, love the transformative experience. I love um, that we get to change uh, things. And we get to, you know, hold that mirror up to things and express joy. Like, I don't know. There's something about drag that is so... um, you can say what you want to say. It can be challenging. It can be beautiful. But people will respond to it in a different way. Like, I can get away with ter- like uh, incredible things when I'm in drag. Like, I can say some of the craziest stuff, and people will be like, okay, let's, sure, why not? <laughs> I don't know. And I think it's, it's almost like, because drag, for me at least, does live in this world of almost like clown and so you can kind of, like, you... Yeah. There's a permission there to go all There's the way. There's a permission mm-hmm. to go all the way and to have so much fun and bring that joy to the world. I love that drag brings joy to the world. That's what mm-hmm. I want. I love how all-encompassing it is. It encompasses every art form. Mm-hmm. It's like you're a makeup artist, you're a stylist, you're a wig designer, you're a comedian, you're a host, you're a dancer, you're a singer. You literally do... You can do... Not everybody is everything, but everybody can be everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it welcomes every single art form 
all wrapped into one and the possibilities of what you can do with it are limitless. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that multidisciplinary. Uh, it, yeah. But also, I do hate it too sometimes. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't so much to do it. In case it meant that I also had to know how to set up the audio, I know how yeah. to set up the lighting, yeah. I had to do that. You know, mm -hmm. we had to do it like from the ground up sort of thing here in Kingston. But I think now uh, the one thing I take back from from drag now is is definitely the sense of community mm -hmm. with amongst the drag performers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like there's that camaraderie immediately. Um, there used to be, well, I, I don't really experience any of that kind of shadiness. <laughs> right. Because now it seems much more positive. Everyone's just happy to be able to, like, A, performing and, and just being together. And when I think back through, you know, my long career, there, there was a long span where I was the only queen in town doing shows and stuff. And we were doing, uh, I was hired to do burlesque performances in living rooms and stuff. They're mm. like, drag queen, burlesque performer. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Comedy, burlesque, drag queen again, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I just love being able to, to connect with people. Connecting with the audience, that is the big, that's why I do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like, I come back re-energized after performing to an audience who who appreciates the, the art form and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then, I mean, you've all done lots of performances, so it's probably hard to choose. But do you have one that you're particularly proud of or you found really memorable? Whether it was like a lip sync or a comedy number, just anything. I've done a lot of numbers that I really, really love. I think mm -hmm. one of my most memorable ever was when I was performing in Cruise and Tango's Drag Race back when I in my first year of drag. Um, the theme of the week was holidays and my holiday was Thanksgiving and I did a number where I started out as a pilgrim and performed Let's Have a Kiki that turned into, I turned into a turkey. So I took off my pilgrim outfit <laughs> and then I had a turkey costume underneath, I had a bald hat, I had, um, the guy, what was that? Do you remember the, what I was in that number? You were the stuffing that stuffed me. I was the stuffing that stuffed her. Let's just, that's all, that's all we'll say. It was... Because the first half of the number, everyone was like, okay, we're seeing a pilgrim on stage, like, who cares? And then when it turned into a turkey, it just became something completely different that people will probably never forget. And uh, every time I repost that video, people go wild for it. So mm -hmm. that's probably my most memorable one. Yeah. Ridiculousness. Obviously, Camp Wanakiki, hands down, but I can't say anything about that, so you're going to have to watch on MTV. I have... when, when is it premiering? Uh, I don't think I can say because it's not out at the moment, but it probably will be. It's soon. Uh, it's, it's very soon. It it's in soon. within the next couple of weeks. So, um, my goodness. Um, but I think, honestly, performing with the House of Licks, we started this Canada's Drag Race Drag Race viewing party at an old bar that's no longer there called Disgraceland. And just starting a, a weekly viewing party was such an important thing for me to like just work with people I loved working with every week and getting to explore my drag character more and more and more. Like every time we were there, I was so happy. Mm -hmm. every time so and that's I was miserable forward. during that you were miserable <laughs> <laughs> Vicky was at the bar just like what am I doing with my life um, but she's on hiatus <laughs> because of that yeah because, because of me of you. I was so happy about it though <laughs> I 
yeah, I'm just trying to think for me because, you know, I still remember that first performance uh, clearly as well. Then more recently, I, I haven't done a one-woman show until June of this year. <laughs> and I did it uh, in, the, in the county at uh, Adega, which is uh, a wine uh, bar, queer, queer and wines night sort of thing, one-woman show. And people still come to me and they're like oh my god that was an amazing show and i was like oh great because it was my first and and only at this point right but then when i think of other shows too sometimes it's it's the venues though too because i luckily through my work my daytime job because i need the i need the pension at the end of the day (laughs) um i got invited to do a drag show in the lobby of um of our office buildings on bay street um well because it's the provincial um, government that I work for, so, or the people of Ontario, I should say. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, here I am doing a drag performance in the lobby as the decision makers of our province are walking around and sitting there. And <laughs> and Kathleen, before she was premier, was there. <laughs> Kathleen Wynn and stuff. So, um, And then at the end of that show, sorry, I'm taking a moment here. Uh, at the end of that show, uh, the organizers were like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, okay, come with us. And I'm whisked away. I'm whisked away to the 519. Oh, and I'm like, why am I here at the 519? Well, they were doing a press release uh, for the Ministry, uh, Minister of uh, Government and Consumer Services uh, making that first announcement of removing the gender identity on uh, health cards and driver's licenses. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, so I was there in drag watching this in tears, too. Because uh, oh. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> So it was a very memorable moment. Wow, that's fully memorable. That's yeah. <laughs> so you're the premier of Ontario? <laughs> I'm confused. Pretty much. <laughs> you know. Hey, Dougie. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, is there a flaw in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> it's a full B, baby. It's a B. <laughs> I had no idea that Doug did this in his past, in his time off. <laughs> I mean, they can't see right now. They don't know. Most of us don't know who's sitting there. I don't <laughs> I think I sound like, hey folks, <laughs> hey, hey folks, folks, folks. <laughs> Voice actor on the side. <laughs> Any live performer knows it gets really chaotic backstage, and I feel like that's true for drag, especially because there's so many parts, so many moving things going on. Mm-hmm. What's a very chaotic moment backstage? I have, a, I have a story. I have a story. So back in the day, because <laughs> that that's how I start every story. Uh, I was hi- I wasn't performing, but I was asked slash hired sort of thing to uh, watch another drag performer's uh, equipment and stuff like that in the back room. You I watched w- their equipment, which we- kind? Yeah, <laughs> because this is in the day when you had all your music on CD CDs mm. and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were doing a show in Ottawa. And uh, sometimes some of those Ottawa queens had a little bit of a reputation. So you're in the back room watching to make sure nothing walked away, if you know what I mean. Uh Uh, And let me tell you, the number of people who walked in, and I was like, hi, and then they walk out. You're like, wow. (laughs) One of them actually started going through the CDs. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, she borrowed a CD from me. I'm like, probably. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I just have vivid memories of Vicky Licks trying to teach us dances in the back room of Disgraceland. <laughs> we have to work on choreography. She was like, like okay, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do a group number, okay? Selena, you're over there. And I'd be like, maybe we should do this, Vicky. And she's like, no, Selena's a dancer. Shut up, Hillary. <laughs> and then she would still be like, no, Selena, it's gonna be like this, actually. <laughs> Anyways, it would, just, it, was, it would always just turn into like, step this way, step yeah. that way. And it was like... I think we did the Tiffany more spin at one point and then she oh. and then vicky would be the one to get the dance wrong half the time so well I mean, sorry vicky <laughs> she's, not <to> know. <laughs> she's, she's got too much on her mind i don't know if i have any super chaotic stories i know that every time i go to a gig i forget one thing mm. it's always Amen. very yeah. important it's either my bra or my boobs or my eyelashes mm. or my lipstick like there's always something i'm missing and then I have to scramble to see if anybody else there has something they can lend me or if I can have somebody send me something from home. It's always, that's a, that's a thing I go through recurringly. <laughs> okay, you just yeah. brought up some trauma. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, mean, I think that is a shared experience with Queens because honestly, to, the transformation is a lot. Yeah, there's And so when you're many on parts. the road or like have to get ready somewhere else that isn't your own home, yeah. you always forget something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's some of the advice I got from the the queens back in the day is that, is that like all my makeup is not like you, you it's not specialty makeup. You yeah, can right. get it. You can get it at the local like right. uh, corner store sort of thing. Learn so. learn how to use drugstore makeup, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Save that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's time for some shameless plugs. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Some good stuff. So what do you guys all have coming up? Where's my calendar? <laughs> you have your calendar. You have your calendar. You're traveling. <laughs> I'm like, obviously, obviously for me, I mean, the biggest thing is that I am on Camp Wanakiki season four on OutTV. Please go and watch mm-hmm. it. I would really love you to watch it. Um, and Selena and I, uh, we have our monthly show in Toronto. I don't know if you want to come up here, but it's an improv show. We do it at Comedy Bar. It is an improvised play. We do a new improvised play every month. We're amazing. We're like the Bendel, <laughs> Krem, and Jinx Monsoon of Scarborough. Yeah. Scarborough. <laughs> Whatever. Scarborough. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm currently filming a movie called Queen Touch yeah. that will be premiering on Crave in what? February. Starring, if anybody is listening to this who's queer and knows uh, trans icon Alexandra Billings, she is producing and starring in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's being filmed. I'm on set tomorrow. So <gasps> I know nice. she's impressive, yeah. isn't she? Is that uh, set here in Kingston or no in Toronto? Toronto. Okay. Yeah, nice. And then if you ever come up to Toronto, I host brunch at Glad Day Bookshop. It's a new gig for me. It's a legendary. Dra- it's the longest running drag brunch in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, and that happens every Sunday at Glad Day Bookshop. I host every second Sunday. And I'm still waiting for my movie roles to <laughs> come in. I'm, I'm I have a few scripts. I'm going through them. Yeah, I'm cool. reading you, through you them. Let me choose. You gotta be choosy. You still, you've got lots of movies and plenty of roles, honey. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for some sort of spirits person to come in and be like, I want your face on my vodka bottle. I, I'm still yes. waiting for that. But as the for Queen a, of Potatoes. The Queen of Potatoes. Uh, but as for me, for uh, upcoming shows and stuff, you can always just go to dragshow.ca. Uh, that's dragshow.ca. We put all the listings of all the shows in Kingston and the area. So September 9th, I'm doing another show on the patio at Daft Brewing. Uh, we're also doing, uh, again, the Odega show, but it'll be with me and Rowena Way uh, in Consecon at the end of the month last Saturday. I think it's the 27th. I think that's what it is, August 27th. 
Um, oh, and then, of course, Stephanie Prince on the 19th, coming to Kingston. Ooh, Cannabis Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. usually at the Four Point Sheridan or something, It's right? definitely at the Four... Nice and air-conditioned. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, go check out dragshow.ca or tiffany.com, so... Okay, lovely. So that was all the questions I had for you guys today. So Perfect. thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Goodbye. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Kingston Curator featuring Tiffany Morgan, Hilary Yass, and Selena Vile. Be sure to keep an eye out for their shows in town and be sure to keep listening to CFRC 101.9 FM to keep up with all your local arts. Bye-bye.